Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host with the most, as always, Adela Marcy, and I apologize, I've got uh, a trifecta of head illnesses, which is basically head cold, uh, sinus infection, and recovering off of fever, so I'm going to be pausing myself every so often to cough. Um, so guys, don't worry about that as well, just in case one gets through. But today's episode is kind of a fun one because it's one of the very few episodes of the year where I get to have a quote-unquote adversary. And uh, that adversary is none other than our very good friends, Iritis Loris. And for people reading this, they're like, wait, it sells writers. It's Iritis. It's a Lithuanian name? Did I say that right? Or did I completely fucked up your name already? <laughs> no, no, you said it right. Fuck Perfect. Yes. Hello. Yeah. yeah, hello, everyone. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's Lithuanian, yeah. Yeah, had, pleasure, like, some... ple- ple- pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting. Dude, I wish I had some like background music, like some entrance music for your entrance to the show, but it's always fun and interesting to just jump in. So for those people that don't know uh, that don't know you, by the end of the show, they will definitely know who you are. Uh, but more importantly, you guys probably have heard of his company, especially if you're an e-com. And today's sponsor, of course, is none other, none other than Omnisend.com. Uh, is dot com. yeah omnisend.com uh that's o-m-n-i-s-e-n-d.com they are an e-commerce overall like it's an email marketing system but it's also a messaging system like it integrate integrates so much of your marketing completely together now uh the reason i wanted to actually speak to you as soon as i got told about you was because a i love email marketing and you basically committed the cardinal sin of saying that email marketing is dead so that's something we do want to touch upon and we will get into later in the show. But before we get into that, dude, please tell my audience more about you. Yeah, so definitely we will we will cover why we believe that email marketing is dead, like email marketing on its own and then 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 it's a standalone channel and should be should be seen as kind of uh, a part of uh, comprehensive omnichannel strategy yeah but later on the show so yeah myself myself i'm co-founder of this company we are two main co-founders so really happy happy to 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 run and create and build the business really enjoying this journey and this building a startup is something fascinating and really amazing amazing thing um, to do uh I have graduated political sciences, being honest, and but never worked in uh, by 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 that profession. Neither neither like in politics, nor in kind of governmental institutions or so, or diplo- diplomacy. So uh, I have started my company or like co-started, co-founded the first company at the age of twenty-one. So that was the first venture. It it was pretty much accidental thing. Then uh, one friend of mine just came and said, "You know, I have an idea. Let's do." company and they said yeah sure why not had no clue about how to how to do business how to build how to run uh, everything like accountancy bookkeeping taxes uh, uh, people management uh, building a product and and that stuff so uh, i'm 36 now so quite Quite a journey already since since then i was i was running uh, one one other company have sold a few of them and um, yeah, it's it's and it's I always had a kind of uh, yeah. As I'm I'm from Lithuania currently living partial in Lithuania on London, and uh, I always had a, a will to build something uh, global. And like having a global business was just my dream. I don't know why, but this sometimes we have strange dreams. And uh, so, and a startup is really the way to 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 do that to build something which which doesn't depend of your um, physical physical location where you're based and like SaaS SaaS business model and IT IT companies is is one of the things you you can do and you can you can achieve that. So this like Omnisend is my third attempt to 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 build a startup. So two two first attempts failed. So I have learned a lot of good lessons, which really helped me now to, to run Omnisend and us as the company to run Omnisend and to, I would say, succeed as uh, this is this is like fast growing, uh, profitable uh, and, and so, yeah, business. So I'm really happy about that. So that's kind of in short my, my story and we can jump into maybe some, some parts of it. Oh, that's pretty cool. See, I got to ask because like SaaS products kind of took off because of Dane Maxwell, a fellow copywriter who I actually really like. He's gone into music. It's kind of weird. Um, but what I was going to say was, did you ever actually work through any of Dane's stuff when you were going through SaaS, uh, SaaS building or no? Um, no, probably not. I wouldn't say that. No. Cool. All right. The, the reason I ask true. is because he had a very unique way of actually building them. So I was just very curious because there's a multitude mm-hmm. of ways that I know that people build SaaS products. 
Um, so my curiosity, realistically, but, kind but, of goes. You know, the, the 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 way you build your product, the way you build your business, it's 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 constantly changing. I mean, uh, as as we we have started in one way, we are doing an absolutely different way now because because the product is going uh, growing, uh, the capacity uh, the capacity of your organization is growing. We have started. We were eight at that company, and the product was a pivot uh, from digital marketing agency. So before before I was running digital marketing agency and serving our customers, doing them developing websites, uh, Facebook applications, including email marketing, and some of our customers uh, were e-commerce stores, online stores. So we saw the unique opportunity and unique needs they have. And that's how we came up with this uh, pivotal idea and, and the product. And uh, at the beginning, kind of, um, I would say more, yeah, one more than more, one year, one and a half years, something like this, 18 months, we were running simultaneously the product already and, uh, and the agency at the same time. And then, then we made a decision, okay, so focus on, on a product and ditch the agency, the agency business. So sold, sold the portfolio of agency contracts to, to, another, to another agency and focused on this. So, you know, at that time, we were eight people. Now we are 62. So the, how you do things uh, have changed quite significantly, I would say. Yeah, of course they have. Um, but what I was actually going to get at was specifically kind of just start asking why particularly did you go down the e-com route? Because there's a multitude of places that people go through. I mean, for instance, one of my favorites is, of course, Thrivecart. I absolutely love Thrivecart as a SaaS product. Um, and it's one that we actually use all the time on the show. In fact, Josh, has Josh been on the show? He's either been on the show or he's going to be on the show. Um, so my curiosity is why e-com? Because that seems like something very specific because... When the show comes out, like a couple of weeks back, guys, if you haven't already heard it, uh, go listen to the one I did with Danavir uh, Saria, where he basically talks about email copy in e-com. So I think I need to connect you two up. Like, do you know Danavir at all? No, no. Okay, no, no, really yeah, good dude. Be. He's got he's got a great agency that basically builds out what we're going to be discussing about email marketing. So I think it'd be a great partnership for you to actually hook up on. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, so we'd appreciate the intro. Yeah. So So what was it about e-com? Yeah. E-com. So it's, it's basically came up from our experience uh, that we saw that uh, e-com is in the unique position or was in unique position and still is in that same position that they have so much data about their customers. Uh, and based on that data, you can automate a lot of marketing activities. And uh, there are a few, a few business which have as, as uh, digital as e-commerce. So from the first touch point of the customer to the very last touch point, the transaction and follow-up, follow-up communication with your customer after transaction, it's all digital, it's all online. So uh, it really empowers a lot, a lot of tools like Omnisend to, to, to help e-commerce, e-commerce marketers to, to really automate their marketing. So it's, it's like a first reason, the original reason was like that. So we just saw that, okay, there are specific opportunities and there are specific needs. At that time, when we launched a product with a focus on e-commerce, there were no, not that many products uh, focusing on e-commerce. So that was pre- pretty unique at that time. Now now the competition is, has definitely increased and there are, there are other products as well focusing on this specific vertical. But uh, so that was kind of uh, the initial reason to choose e-commerce just saw that okay we have much more data than on other business verticals and this data can allow us to automate marketing and to help e-commerce marketers to uh, to better communicate with their customers uh, after that yeah uh, yeah so yeah sorry yeah 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 sure Yeah, so yeah, so uh, you just got very good point. So the biggest challenge is really personalization and relevancy, relevancy of the marketing messages. Uh, so based on so based on like uh, your behavior. So w- what you basically said, okay, you have bought from the company, and basically what the company is doing, they're just sending you bulk email campaigns with a content which they want you uh, to expose the content, not yourself 
is willing to to receive some messages or some kind of information about that specific content. So this is yeah. So kind of relevancy of of messages is the biggest challenge and. Um, this is definitely the challenge we are helping uh, to solve. So while automating marketing, while making it like trigger-based, while making it deeply segmented is the way to do that. So what do I have in mind here? So instead of sending just bulk campaigns with products which you are not interested in, uh, like more e-commerce stores, online stores, they have unique uh, possibility to, to track a lot of your behavior and to understand that you are looking, let's say you're browsing and looking at that specific category of the products and start marketing only that category which would be relevant for you uh, and you know you would feel much much better about the content which you are receiving either through email or through text messages facebook messengers messages push notifications or on any other channel and yeah or, or maybe segmentation really deep segmentation based on your previous behavior that we know that you have bought uh, let's say um dog food yeah yeah, dog food. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, so you know, it's and you did it, let's say, two times in a row, three times in a row. So yeah, we can presume that you have dog. Yeah, so uh, probably the products around dog is much more relevant for you than any other pet in the world, or or maybe cars. Maybe you don't have a car, so why should we be promoting you cars? You know. Yeah, I mean, there's like a whole there's a whole range of what's there. Now, my curiosity, and this is just my own thought, and then please let me know the way that I would actually. If I went into e-com, because I, I don't do e-commerce, for me personally, there's, as a copywriter, there's very little money in it for me. Uh, I've got to the point, if you're starting out, by all means, like Danavir has completely killed it and niched down to that marketplace and he knows what he's doing. Me, it's too many variables to like get into. Um, my curiosity bounds is like, it would be towards, say you bought, say you did buy dog food. Mm-hmm. If I started sending you emails, and this is where I believe emails are dead, personally for me, is old school marketing campaigns where it's just like, hey, um, buy this thing, it's a discount, buy this thing a discount, it's going away, get it now, blah. I think those are dying. Those are dying if not they're already in the grave. But if they actually started no. sending me emails about how I could use what it is I've just bought to have more effect and didn't try sell me directly on the reorder right away, then I'm more likely to recommend them. So a perfect example would be uh, the Titan Power cable for my phone. I love this thing. It's amazing. It's like the best $15 I've ever spent on a phone cable. Like, this, yeah. this thing is inc- like legitimately, I'd give them a shout out all day. Um, but what they do is they literally keep sending me a message every day going, hey, upgrade, buy another one, buy four more. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. how many phones do you think I have? I only need this one thing. Yeah, so you know there are two things here. I would I would separate two things. One is a channel. Email is a channel. So email is a channel is the most effective up until now. Uh, customer retention channel. There is no other channel which is as effective uh, to retain your customers as email. Uh, it's the first thing. Although we're going to talk about the depth of email marketing, and I will be telling that okay, we need to augment uh, email uh, with other channels, and we see kind of very good results on that. That people are using more channels to retain their customers and to communicate with their customers. It's for first piece. So email is still the most effective. Another thing which you gave as an example, so it's following either following best practices or not following best practices about the content. Uh, so for sure, for sure, like uh, helping people to use the device you have just sold or really educating people, it's one of the strategies. And uh, it really depends on your business. I mean, if if you are building a brand, a brand like, and you want to have long-term relationship with your customers, so for sure, educating them, helping them, assisting them, this is the only way to go, and this is the only, uh, the only, the only uh, good practice you should be following. On the other hand, if you, let's say, if you are kind of deals portal, like daily deals or just a you know, drop shipment business, so yeah, you you are targeting at that that kind of audience, you know. Now we sold your cable, maybe you want to sell you something else for your smartphone just now. So it's really about like choosing choosing the right strategy. And uh, I mean, I completely agree with what you said. It pisses me off as well that kind of marketing strategies. Uh, just what I want to say from another another angle. I see at the same time that those strategies are effective for some kind of businesses as well. Agreed. No, like there, it's, yeah. it's it's if you use it as a universal strategy, it's never going to work. It's if it's specific. For instance, if again, as you said, if you're a daily deals 
place like Groupon is a great example. That I don't mind. You can send me an email a day from, a day from Groupon because that's what I subscribe to. Or if it's something exactly. that's uh, a thing, again, as you gave the example earlier, I think it was a car. If I buy a car right now, I've dropped a significant amount of money on a car. Doesn't mean I'm mm-hmm. gonna go buy a car tomorrow. That that shit, I'm right. I'm not made with that kind of money. Yeah, um, not at all. Yeah, but yeah, but but yeah. Let, let's say in, in the in the car case, so uh, this is a great opportunity to really uh, help you with uh, with kind of uh, having the most of the joy of your new car. Uh, either, either it's kind of offline clubs, you can combine online activities with offline activities. One thing, another maybe you can really facilitate with uh, then the winter camps and you need to change your tires to winter if you're living in the country where you need to change tires to winter tires. Uh, let's say, or maybe you need to change uh, to change oil after one year. So kind of send a reminders instead of like selling the oil just to remind that this is a time for you to, uh, to go to a technical maintenance uh, and... Uh, and, 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 you know, here, here we recommend those products. So it's both kind of benefit for the customer and, uh, and, and uh, at the same time, it's promotional message. You know, this is a very good point. So just a, a little bit about that. So like order follow-up messages as we really encourage our customers to send like order follow-up, uh, customer satisfaction surveys sometime ago uh, after, after the order has been placed. So let's say you, you, Okay, we have received your order. Send an email. Then your order has been dispatched. So send an SMS. Send an email. Use two different channels. I mean, you can do those kind of type of communication even without a consent, without a permission from a customer. But you cannot use it for a promotional messages. But those messages is again one and like another touch point, another touch point where you remind about your brand. So uh, in in many in many times you should not in many cases you should not be selling all the time what what you exactly said but just reminding that we do exist we really care about you we want to help you to use our products in the best way we want to we want to let you know uh, because we know that you're waiting for your for your parcel so it's going to arrive tomorrow maybe in three days so this is a tracking code for you etc and use different channels for that for for those those kind of communication would really help you to to increase uh, your brand awareness and to stay at top of mind um, for your customers that's actually very powerful i really do enjoy that especially as like again you just said you're relevant to the people around you and now i love the fact that you're actually still and this is the thing i know we said that we're gonna have like a marketing showdown about email marketing or whatever but in reality, the more we speak about it, the more I realize that we're actually on the same page. Because my entire philosophy is around what I call story, story-based emails or story-selling marketing, essentially. Um, for of goodness, I've launched a course called Story-Selling Blueprint, which is entirely geared towards helping people um, actually write copy in such a way that is helpful to their audience, that tells a story that interacts, engages them in. And that's how you become relevant to what you do. I mean, just to, just to give you an idea. Um, about thirty five minutes ago, like from before we started rocking this podcast today, uh, it's December fifth, by the way. So you guys can go check back on my Facebook page if you want. I dropped this really weird post called um, "The Dark The Dark Truth of Co- uh, Dark Truth About Being a Copywriter." Well, for this one, that right there is a story piece that I'm mailing out to my mailing list. I've already got more interaction from this one post and private messages in the shorter space of time that I have than anything I've posted in the last six months. Why? Because people are actually interacting and want to know uh, exactly what it is I'm doing, how we actually get there, why it's this truth and it's a story piece they want to interact. Now, my curiosity really kind of goes into this idea of where would this not work? Where would the strategy of mailing daily or like even sending stories and content pieces, where wouldn't it work in your opinion? Why it wouldn't work? Where it wouldn't like, work? Ah, uh, where it wouldn't work? So it really depends on your business. So, uh, let's say, let's say, let's say, I'm not sure if I got a question. Is this kind of 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 uh, of uh, frequency of of messaging or, or relevancy? Actually, I'm gonna scrap it because I thought of it. I yeah. was like, that's just a dumb. It's not a dumb question. It's a question I can answer later on. But more importantly, it's it. I, I've realized we stayed on email a bit too long because I wanted to ask you a little bit more about some other stuff. Now, you touched on this earlier, it was the idea, and your company's kind of no, named OmniSend. 
Uh, but it's the idea of being omnipresent, essentially, or as you put it, omni-channel marketing, because email is one channel for sure, but there's other places like Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, and blogs, Tubla, and all these other places you can go to. So my, I, so my question is, how many channels should you actually begin with? And then why is it so effective to be on multiple channels rather than just one? Yeah, very good question. So um, I would say, yeah, so the channels we are covering are like mainly messaging channels. So it's uh, email, it's uh, SMS text messages, it's Facebook uh, Messenger messages, WhatsApp messages, uh, web push notifications, and you can synchronize with Google and Facebook ads to uh, to, to create lookalike audiences or to run re retargeting campaigns for the specific segment which you build with an omnis. So why are those channels? Because those are all messaging channels. So the, the other channels you have mentioned, like Twitter or Instagram or social media, they're a bit different. So um, why is the difference on where we believe the difference is like, I mean, like social media is really for, for, for two purposes and it's mainly for customer acquisition and a little bit for retention. And, uh, and this media you don't own and email or permission to, to communicate via like text messages, so having a phone number and subscription, WhatsApp phone number, ID or Facebook ID. So it's its own media. It's the only kind of channels you can collect permissions and you can own media to communicate with your customers. And uh, you don't depend on uh, any third party. I mean, just you just use a tool like Omnis and other tools as a tool, but not we don't own your your contacts. That's 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 contacts what what you own, and this is your asset, a huge asset. So yeah, so we're covering all only those channels, and those channels are really made for retention, not for acquisition, because again. Sometimes people mix up and think of it about email marketing or like marketing automation is both for retention and acquisition. So no, because acquisition would mean that, okay, I'm getting somehow contacts, you know, buying mailing list, which is a very bad practice, or just bulk, bulk, uh, send, like sending SMS in bulk, in bulk mode, which is again, very good. Yeah, it's spam. It's yeah, it's spam. I mean, this is spam. This is spam, uh, and uh, we are against that. And we are we are kind of sometimes even forcing our customers to 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 follow good practices and not not to do like stupid things. Uh, so yeah, so for retention, so you own those channels, and we're covering those channels. And uh, the best way they work is then you combine those different channels on the uh, single communication workflow. Uh, what do I mean by that? So let's say um, customer customer John is visiting our website. We identify that this is John who is visiting and he's looking at uh, uh, cat food. Yeah, cat food. Um, so we have already used this example, looking at the cat food. So we have identified that, okay, he's willing to buy something uh, and we can start running campaign. The first, the first we start with as, let's say email, which is the most cost-effective and and the the the, the less intrusive channel, etc. So with email, if if John is ignoring our communication about channel, then we can add like web push notifications. Then we can add Facebook Messenger. Then we can add uh, text message, SMS message, which is a bit more costly. And only finally start retargeting campaigns if any of those previous activities didn't didn't work for us. So having it on the single flow really enables us to do in the most, uh, how do you say, customer-friendly way, because we do not start, we don't start bombarding customer with like different messages for different channels. It's one thing, and another thing we are doing it in the most uh, cost-effective way for ourselves, as we're not wasting our resources uh, for other channels. If the most cost-effective channel could be effective for for that specific customer. Huh. That's actually very, very powerful in the way that's actually working out. So. Because there's so many rules that have gone on, especially with the GDPR thing that happened in Europe, uh, more importantly, would you say that actually kind of helps kill off a lot of the spam complaints? Because if you aren't GDPR compliant, you're now putting your own business at risk. And I assume, uh, I can pretty much assume, that Omnisend uh, actually has something in the way to stop that happening. Like, for instance, if you're importing a list in, it has to go through a verification process first. Okay. That is pretty badass. Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. So even before GDPR, we were we had those 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 uh, like checks for the new uploaded list uh, for the new customers. So we have a lot of checks because yeah, you know 
it's it's our it's it's a difficult part of our business. I mean, spam is still a problem. I mean, when I'm yeah. talking about real spam, like fishers uh, want to steal your your credit card data, or scammers who just want you to to trick somehow to 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 pay for the product they will never deliver, etc. Nigerian princes that still exists. That that's scary. How many times that actually gets used still, and you're like, God damn, still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But you know, Nigerian princess—they're uh, doing uh, in a dumb way. Uh, but uh, there are, at least from what we see, so kind of with Russian IPs, uh, seems like there are there is an industry where there are very smart people. And I'm always telling you, if they would uh, focus on creating something valuable, they would create something valuable because they are very smart people. And sometimes they find such, you know, such ways to to to, to trick the system. Uh, but yeah, we're fighting, we're fighting against against all those attempts. Which sure. is actually incredible because I actually completely agree with you with that. Um, it's interesting that those same minds create such incredible pieces of software and incredible marketing campaigns. Yeah, everything they're doing is kind of serving the negative. If they turn that around, I mean, um, one of the best stories I've ever heard of someone turning it around for themselves was um, a former hacker who, without actually any formal training, ended up uh, becoming the securities for one of the top agencies in the US, like uh, one of the small agencies that are out there. Um, I think it was a law firm or something that were constantly being hacked into and they just came in and just wiped out any cyber attacks that were coming into this company. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just all because he knew how to break in, so he knew how to stop. Uh, which is incredible in its own right. Now, yeah, but you know, it's uh, like all the security. Yeah, yeah, it's all the security specialists. They are hackers with, uh, let's say, positive mind. So, yeah, definitely. That that <laughs> is some of that. So my 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 curiosity here is um, still being piqued with you because there's so many questions I have. But one of the ones that really um, Actually, it's two two of the questions I got asked to like ask you about. But I actually really love them as well. One of them was the uh, was the idea of uh, actually bootstrapping, because you sold companies already, and a lot of people that may have sold a company before they have like an a seed capital at times, and I feel like they kind of lose the ability to bootstrap once they have seed capital. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is: How have you actually managed to keep that bootstrapping spirit? while still growing different companies and then, you know, getting to where you are today. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I really believe in the kind of bootstrapping way. And um, um, it's, you know, one of the ways to unlock your creativity, it's uh, the lack of resources is, is probably the best way to unlock the creativity. Uh, so it really, I believe it really, it really helps to, 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 to create something sustainable, to create, uh, to, to find a ways to, to, to sometimes like in a positive way to hack things, uh, to find workarounds and, and not, not to, not to go really straightforward way where everybody's doing that. And we just need more and more money to throw into, let's say something like paying more, buying more ads and maybe having more sales reps or, or something like this, which is pretty obvious. Sometimes, I mean, you start doing those things, but then you can allow yourself and you can afford it yourself. At the same time, you think again in, in that more creative creative way, uh, what are priorities? What will really move the needle? What is kind of not top level priority? What should be, what should be choosing? Like, Choose your battles. So it really bootstrappingly help you to choose the battles and not to uh, to kind of burn yourself in in trying to do too much in too 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 little of time. So some some people uh, some people uh, manage to do that. Personal myself as a person, I really believe in focus and uh, and it it what pays off me in in my professional life. Then then I focus on something. Then we choose something as an organization. Now then we focus on something. Then we pick the right battles to fight, uh, we win those battles. Yeah, so not wasting of resources, not uh, not spreading too broadly. It, it what bootstrapping uh, philosophy really helps uh, helps to keep and yeah. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I completely agree on that. But at at some point, what you just said is again about about focus. I mean, it's it's a, it's exactly the same about picking bright battles. I mean, instead of negotiating restaurants and you know trying to call them and to book uh, book your date, you are focusing on something else, which is much more valuable. So I would say this is this is kind of just another approach to to the same to the same thing, and then you know when talking about bootstrapping, so bootstrapping doesn't mean that yourself uh, is doing everything uh, everything on your own, and you definitely need to have a team. But like bootstrapping as a company, I believe is really uh, kind of yeah focusing on like smaller amount of efforts at the at the one time. But I mean if you're focused on let's say this go-to-market activity, so definitely you need professionals to, to, to run this activity. But instead of having, you know, running 10 simultaneously, once you fundraise and then you kind of, uh, you know, raise a lot of money and uh, and then you have just to deliver metrics at no at any cost, so definitely you, you start covering too too much and too broad. And, uh, and, and it's a risk. And, you know, one of, one of the things, let's say, in our industry, in e-commerce industry, what we learn, so... Although e-commerce is uh, is a digital industry, it should it should be at at, at the glance that it's it's really modern and people people are uh, innovative and people are early adopters. It's not it's not the case. People in e-commerce are very conservative and they are traders, uh, marketers, but they are not dig- digital native people and like having patience and having enough time sometimes to wait uh till the market catches up with uh, your super original idea it's 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 one of the things that sometimes yeah sometimes having uh, a lot of money doesn't help you and i would say building b2b SaaS uh, might be the case and building any business in e-commerce industry might be the case and let's say in 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 our case when we launched our product there were there were uh, folks who did exactly the same, like launched like direct competitors for us, and they they were funded and really well funded, and the uh, vast majority of them either either uh, are dead now or have been sold like for for nuts basically, uh, for for the larger players, and uh, yeah, so in our case it worked, and I I, I believe it in this. I advocate for this, and another thing on top is really. Once you are bootstrapping, it makes you to find monetizable customer pay. Yeah, you get Instead desperate of- and you start looking. It's like the, the for me, it's the whole rat in a uh, in a hot can thing. It will just burn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, because because and but you know, it's very positive thing in 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 this situation because you are focusing on really your customer needs. 
because you need money. You need your customers to pay you. Your customers will pay only for the value you create. So that makes you to focus on the value which you can create to your customers and find their problems, solve their problems, and they will gladly vote for you with their own money then. And I mean, bootstrapping is basically nothing else than you are funded by your customers. Yep, pretty much. Just got to run with it. Now, one of the things that, uh, one of the last questions I really have, not one of the last questions, but one of my questions I've been wanting to ask you specifically is this idea of personalization. Because there's a study that's come out that um, quite recently that personalization is going to be obsolete by 2025. Um, now, personally, I don't believe that because how our technology has moved forward so well that you can actually do so. And we all know psychologically when someone says our name in their marketing campaign, it automatically draws us back into reader, even if it sounds cheesy, consciously, unconsciously pulls us in. So my mm-hmm. question is, where do you see personalization is going? And do you think the trend they've actually reported, which is this whole thing that by 2025, personalization will be obsolete? Do you believe that or are you against that? Yeah, so so two parts. So where is it going? So I would say it's not only about uh, about uh, you know mentioning your name or, or things like that, but but really to understanding what kind of personality are you, and uh, or even even more on top in personality. In some cases, it really depends on your business and it depends on your product. Personality is the secondary thing, and really job uh, to be done is strongly believe in this theory that, you know, uh, us as people, we have different jobs or we have different needs in different specific situations. And sometimes our demographical profile doesn't influence that much. I mean, smartphone, probably like um, iPhone is the best example here. I mean, uh, student, teenager students uh, and uh, old grannies are buying exactly the same phone, uh, although their demographic picture or persona is completely completely different so it's it's one thing so really personalization is really understanding what what i willing to achieve with your current uh search uh online or like exploration of a product if we're talking about marketing so simply what 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 are you currently uh, willing to achieve? And and based on that, really to send content based on that and uh, less about really uh, kind of having your name, having your birth date uh, or something like this, but really understanding what I will willing to achieve and sending content based on that. So that's what where I believe personalization should be going to. It is going there. Uh, 2025, I would be skeptical uh, too soon. I mean, too soon, too soon, and uh, and 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 maybe maybe never. That the level of personalization definitely will increase. But for proper personalization, we need to to have two things. First thing is uh, is technology, and the second thing is a will from the customers to exchange personal data uh, for the better content. Uh, so. We kind of covered a little bit about all this GDPR and then data privacy um, politics uh, by governments, as well as how do we, as a person on a personal level, treat treat this 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 thing. So uh, it's a challenge. I mean, I still believe that a lot of people uh, they are pretty okay or they are willing to exchange their personal data into more relevant uh, marketing into more relevant messages from brands. Uh, they're willing to do that, that's majority of the people. Uh, but yeah, but uh, to like for absolute personalization, you have to have absolute right to know everything about people, which will never happen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just the way that's gonna be, even with how governments are actually cracking down on making digital businesses a little bit more difficult to run, um, I don't think they're actually going to be able to stop us because the way that we're actually working, we're constantly changing and evolving faster than their laws can make than their laws can be passed. Um, I mean, I love the fact that GDPR came and went, and I know so many companies that are not GDPR like processed. It's mm-hmm. been two years, guys. None of them have got a fine. <laughs> None of them have been shut down. All of them are like, yeah, and what are you going to do? Like. Huh. The amount of companies that you have to go through in order to do that with is incredible. Like it's mm-hmm. just an insane amount. It's the same with like um, th- there's a bunch of other things that you can actually talk about. That I'm not going to talk about because some of them don't are not legal. And honestly, I don't want to influence anyone to play an illegal game because I don't. But it's a thing that's there. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, one of my curiosities, uh, realistically, for someone like you, as you know, as you've listened to the show, one of my favorite curiosities on the show is always asking about what books and movies people read and watch. So I'm going to pose the same question to you. So we're going to do 10 books or movies, but we're going to split it down this way. Five of them are going to be non-fiction books, and the other five could be fictional movies or fictional or non-fiction books or biographic, or sorry, non-biographical movies <laughs> Or fictional, whatever it is. So yeah, those were your ten. What you got for me? Uh, yeah, I don't watch movies. Uh, yeah. Really, there, dude? Yeah. Why? Very, very few movies. I probably currently I don't have a TV set at home. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So I, so I would say yeah. Probably I have. I use I watch cartoons. Uh, uh, once yes. once yeah. I spent quite a lot of time in, in planes, so uh, in long-haul flights I do watch movies, yeah, but uh, I prefer cartoons. They're okay, usually like so positive, they're so positive, so uh, I like those. Yeah, so uh, from cartoons, yeah, if, if I can name cartoons, oh, dude, so I would say... Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge cartoon nerd, dude. I, watched, I was watching Rick and Morty last night, so... Okay. Which is more adult, but still. I, I yeah, still every like, so often from a roadrunner, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, so... Um, so I would think in number one, Happy Feet. Happy oh, Feet. It's, yeah, it, yeah. It actually when I fell in love with cartoons because there was a story, there was a backstory. Because uh, when I invited uh, my current wife into a first date, which happened twelve years ago, and I said, "Okay, let's go to cinema," and she said, "Okay, let's go to cinema." And uh, oh, I, I, I spotted there is a good good movie to go, so let's meet that time. I said, "Okay, sure." And uh, before I was not watching cartoons and uh, she, she, I'm, I'm buying tickets and then she's saying, uh, okay, so two tickets to happy feet. And I said, what? Come on. Are we going to kids uh, like cartoon? And she said, yeah, don't you watch cartoons? They're so positive. They're nice to watch. And I said, okay, let's, let's try. I mean, it's the first day, but she's so weird. So <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is, this is backstory. So fearful. It's probably still the most, the most impactful, at least in, in my personal life. Carton. Then, uh, then uh, Circle of Life, a really beautiful story, I would say. Mm. Open season is very nice, very, very positive. Um, mm-hmm. I liked Madagascar uh, more. Really? Did you? Yeah, I like, really like Madagascar more. Okay. Just made me laugh. <laughs> then uh, Shrek, uh, the second one. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, no, I can see I, that. Yeah, Shrek, the second one, and I need the fifth. Yeah, well, let me think. Um, uh, uh, was it kind of big, big brother or brother bear or something? Bear. Like, it's the one with the bears. Yeah. 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 Yeah, then, brother bear. yeah. 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 So that was, that, that is very sensitive, but yeah, I, I like yeah, it. Yeah. Dude, that made me cry when I was younger. <laughs> like, legit, yeah. it's such an emotional movie, like really emotional. Um, but it's a great it pick. Yeah. Great yeah. Pick. So yeah, let's say those are. Uh, I definitely, I definitely recommend watching Tangled. Okay, have not, that, have done. Dude, it. that is, it's so good. It's based around Rapunzel, but it's just funny. It's, it's so funny. Um, Took it out. We'll do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I went to watch Frozen Two like when it came oh. out, which was uh, so it came out a week ago from when we we're recording this. Um, mm-hmm. So I went to watch it genuinely one of the it, it was so much fun it's it like some of the, just just enjoyed every moment of it i like the way they scripted it the animation was brilliant um and i know you watch cartoons and i'll make this recommendation to everyone just simply because it's such a good movie to watch it's uh spider-man into the spider-verse which okay. is the new spider-man movie that came out about a year ago it is hands down probably the best Spider-Man slash one of the best movies I've ever seen. Cool, nice. Yeah, that, that is saying something because I'm a movie buff. I fucking love movies. So, like, what are the books <laughs> nice. that you'd recommend? Um, mm, hard thing about hard things for anyone building a business uh, by um, Ben Horowitz. It's probably the, the, the single business book where you read about failures, about... Uh, um, about the challenges and not about uh, victories and as you know as uh, it, it's a lot of biographical elements there uh, but all those biographical elements are about the challenges you have to overcome about the all the shit you have to eat basically while while running companies and while building a business so this is probably the most the most uh, um 
third book, then which I always recommend. Uh, the second, that uh, brain that changes itself. I don't remember the author. Uh, it's difficult me with surnames. So brain that changes itself. And I would recommend uh, um, uh, Tipping Point. Uh, so Malcolm Gladwell. So few books of Michael Gladwell. So Tipping Point, Blink, uh, and uh, Outliers. Those three probably. I have read more of his of this author. But yeah, those three I would really, really recommend. Really love those books. Uh, then... Uh, Nonfiction uh, biography of uh, John Fitzgerald Kennedy, uh, really really interesting personality, and uh, another semi biographical book. It's uh, Richard Branson losing your virginity. Yeah, so five books, uh, five a bit a bit more as kind of Gladwell. I would recommend at least three three books um, of this. I like that. I like that with Robert Greene. If someone was like, name a book, I'm like Robert Greene's collection. But like that's like six books. I'm like I count it as one. It's one big yeah. book. You got to read yeah. all of them. It's just a very yeah. big book split into separate books for you. Um, but no, I, I freaking love that. And by the way, I do recommend reading Robert Greene's collection if you've not already. Like, so the thirty-three strategies of war, forty-eight laws of power, art of seduction, fiftieth law, mastery, and his latest book, the laws of human nature. Um, especially just any business that you're in specifically because you did uh, political was it political science you did? Yeah, yeah, political yeah. science. Yeah, yeah because, because you did political science um, this book would be very fascinating for you because it's actually based uh, on the power structures of how we've not really evolved out of the courts like the courting system of the king okay. and okay. Um, how we still have that in this day and age. It's, it's one of the best like his book collection is incredible for this kind of stuff and understanding the games that we play. And one of the yeah. questions I really wanted to ask you, because uh, you've gone through numerous failures and successes, um, and I say that because I don't, I, I find me an entrepreneur that hasn't gone through failures and successes, but we all have our own way of dealing with it. So my question to you would be, what would be the three biggest things that you've taken away that have kept you going even after you've been knocked down? Oh, Oh, very good question, I would say. Uh, just probably like understanding that um, that life is is um, it's all about cycles, and you always have a winter. You have some after winter. You have uh, day after after the night. So when uh, and if and when, because it obviously happens like constantly some, some, something bad and a lot of challenges and uh, smaller or bigger. Uh, so, you know, when you are down emotionally, you just understand that, you know, this is probably uh, something good is coming because it's life is always, nature is always about cycles. So, um, so probably that, that kind of a main, main thing, uh, uh, what what I think about it? Okay, I mean the coldest night is always before uh, before the sun sunrise. The, the lowest temperature in twenty four hours is just before the uh, the sunrise. So um, yeah, so probably believe, believe in that, and then kind of it's one thing. Another thing is really support of 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 um, of the people uh, whom you are surrounded by. So your business partners, your team uh, within the company, your family, your friends, uh, which is which is very important as well. Just uh, yeah, not only kind of to encourage you but say, oh, okay, come on, read this, keep doing, yeah, you're good. You you can you can succeed ne next time. But just just to help you relax and to forget about about the business and to focus on something else which which brings you a pleasure and uh, which what you like. So Hanging out with, with friends, spending time with family, doing something what is what is nice, and then you know you understand that okay, life life is is, is different. Life is very colorful, and maybe I was really down down this morning, but in the afternoon I'm having some some great fun with with my family, with my friends. So that is very important. Yeah, so I would say probably those two two main main things. That's pretty badass. I like those. So what would be the third? What would be like the, th the third thing that you would do in that scenario? <laughs> or even actually, I'll, let's, let's change the third thing out. Let's change the yeah. third thing out. So those are the two. The third thing I'd say is, what is something that you would do to regain your confidence when, again, not even you, just your confidence in performing? Because everyone goes through that moment where their head is like, 
oh my god my head is actually killing me i don't know if i can do this i just want to watch netflix all day um what do you do to start that process to get back into that confidence of i can do this and i can rock this uh yeah very similar i know but very curious yeah yeah Yeah, very good question so yeah i i do sometimes so i believe that uh, victory is basically it it uh, it um yeah so the feeling of winning the feeling of succeeding so instead of uh instead of if let's say if you have something very big uh, very challenging kind of a task or an issue you have it's it's so big so cut it into small pieces and win at least in the small small battle and you start feeling the the, the feeling of winning again the feeling of victory and will it will drive you uh, again. Yeah. So basically, fi- find the ways to succeed in maybe even in very small things, and it will bump you with a positive energy, with positive minds, and it will be much easier to 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 solve the, the big issues. Yeah, I agree. I can see that. I mean, one of the biggest ones I've actually found for myself is. When I get into that funk, uh, cleaning my house seems to help. Maybe. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a victory. Really... It's a victory, you know. After, after you have cleaned your house, you have a look at it and say, yeah. okay, I did it. So. Yeah. It's, it's like Perfect. little things. I, I actually, yeah. I kind of cheat a little bit here. So if I have a notepad that I actually write down all the shit that I want to get done in a day. Okay. And if I'm having like a really shit day where I'm overestimating my abilities, or rather overestimating my abilities in the way that I feel right now compared to what I know I can achieve. Um, what I can do is just little things like, did I eat today? So I actually put that as a checkbox and go eat something okay. healthy. And then okay. I'll eat something healthy like some broccoli and just tick it off. I'm like, that's an easy win right there. Mm-hmm. So nice, that- nice. Yeah, but, but this is exactly the same. It's all about like, you know, tricking your brains a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, why not if it works? Perfect, perfect strategy. Agree there. But man, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Um, and guys, if, you ha- if you're if you in e-com, even if you're not in e-com, go check out Omnisend.com. I assume even if you're not in e-com, you can actually use a lot of the stuff for regular di- digital marketing as well, correct? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Brilliant. Although well, we have, yeah, the, the most of the value would get those who are on e-com. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, if you have, like, yeah, you can you can use yeah. this for sure, but, like, e-coms, guys, I know a lot of you guys listen to the show. Um Go check it out. It'll be absolutely amazing. I checked your pricing plans out. They're super competitive, which is brilliant. And I love the way that it's all structured. Uh, and yeah, dude, thank you so much for being here. I, I really enjoyed our call today. And I'm really glad that you actually got on, got a chance to come on to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. I really enjoyed the conversation as well. Really yeah. like those kind of conversational podcasts and covering sure. different topics. So thank you. Oh, man, you're welcome. Guys, go check out Omnisend.com. And again, I apologize for all the sniffling I had through the shows, my cats being assholes. It happens. I tried to catch as much of it on mute as possible. Um, But yeah, have a great weekend. Yeah, have a great weekend. I was going to say have a great week. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you guys next week on another episode of Adel Amarsi Unplugged.